are now listening to the sound of summer. Birds twittering, garage doors opening and closing. What are the other like stereotypical sprinklers? That's a good one. Kids playing in a pool, the sound of raucous pool laughter, sound of lawnmowers and things running in the distance. Sounds of summer. That's what you're listening to. This is a, a very summery episode, so light out light out up your tiki torch. Uh, mix yourself a Mai Tai if, if that's your thing. And get ready to listen to a very summery episode of The Sound of Sanity. Brought to you by someone who has often been referred to by his friends and loved ones as Mr. Sunshine himself, Nathan Alberson the humble and obedient host. You can call me Mr. Sunshine if you're that's your inclination, listener. And we've also got... You can call me Mr. Chill Wind. Mr. Chill Wind, yeah. Because yeah, I'm so chill. You've been so chill. I'm so sunny. And we've got Jake Cool Breeze Menzel over there. That's me. That's me. Jake yeah. is just always... He, he's, he's calm and cool and Ben's chill and I'm sunshiny. And this is the sound of summer here on Sound of Sanity. Our subject today is summer vacation. People are going on them. And I dare say, so this is, we were, th- we were thinking about what makes us feel insane. I dare say summer vacation makes us and some of our listeners feel insane. Because how often have you heard this old chestnut? I need another vacation after my vacation. All the time. All the time. Because people go on vacations and they don't end up feeling rested, relaxed, rejuvenated. Or maybe they feel physically rejuvenated, but they feel spiritually dissipated. Or maybe they feel physically exhausted. You know, there's all kinds of ways that vacations can go wrong, that they cannot be relaxing, that they can just be windows of opportunity to fight with your spouse or to watch your kids run roughshed over all the rules. It's just all kinds of ways that vacations can go bad. But we've got seven ways to... Make sure that doesn't happen. Make sure your summer vacation is a vacation. Yeah. And all right. So seven ways to prepare for your... Va- what, what is the name of this listicle, actually? Seven ways to vacation preparation. Seven rules of vacation preparation. Yep. Seven All rules right. of vacation preparation. And Ben, would you like to tell us rule number one? Yeah. Yeah. Yo, yo, rule number one. If you want to have fun, you get your work done. There we go. That's a sound bite. <laughs> I, I hope so. Jake, I worked you... hard for that sound bite. <laughs> <laughs> Rule one, get your work done. Work ahead. Get your house in order. What on earth were we talking about with this rule, Jake? Well, a lot of the stress that people feel over vacation is they, we all, I think we all fall into this trap or tend to. Mm -hmm. I do. Summer vacation is a date that is circled on the calendar that you are working up until and you're not working ahead for. And so you get to it and your anticipation is, oh yeah, when I get to that, all the stress and pressure will be gone because I'll be on vacation. But you've not worked ahead. And so the closer you get, you get up to the date and then you start to realize, oh no, I'm going to be falling behind in all these places Mm -hmm. and it's going to create a lot of problems and a lot of stress. 
going into vacation, I'm going to spend the first part of vacation stressing about that stuff and maybe trying to squeeze in work when and how I can and not actually have a vacation and things can go bad really quickly. And so first rule is to just, hey, you're going on vacation, so plan ahead for it Mm -hmm. and work ahead. And so you want to come back from vacation. Part of preparing for vacation is preparing uh, yourself to come back from vacation into a minimal stress environment, not a higher stress environment that you left from. So everything from, hey, clean the house before you leave so that when you come home, you're coming into a restful house that's in order and together and not, oh no, now I have to clean the house and also I have to catch up on all this work. Man, there's nothing more, de- we've all done it, but there's nothing more depressing than right. getting back from any trip and there's dirty dishes in the sink. Or wh- yeah, whatever it cat is. Cat hair all over the place or, or whatever. It's an instant mood killer. Yeah, you want to come home and just be feel like everything is in order and ready to go. And so that means working ahead at work so that you don't have a bunch of work-related stress, cleaning your house so that you, you know, don't have stress of a, a job undone when you get home. And it also means anticipating the relational work that you're going to be doing over vacation with your husband, with your wife, uh, with your kids, and getting ahead of that too. Uh, Vacation is a great time to focus on just your relationship with your wife or your husband, with your kids, that sort of thing. But that means often conflict. And there are lots of conflicts, fights that we put off. If you've ever spent the first day of vacation fighting with your spouse. I was commenting off, Mike, that's almost a rule. It's it's something that we've come to anticipate. Oh, well, I guess we might as well book the first day of vacation for all the fights that we're going to have. And it's not, I mean, I think we're, we're pretty okay by God's grace at working through conflict, but it's just like there's not enough hours in the day and things, little things accumulate. And then you finally have a day in the car or on a plane or something with somebody. And it's, oh, now we're fighting about all this stuff. This is unpleasant. So you can actually anticipate that sort of thing if you're savvy enough and if you're proactive enough and say, hey, what are the kinds of things that we're going to be that we're going to fight about or we're going to be tempted to fight about or what what's going to come up or what are, you can try to work through some of that ahead of time or you can just say conflict is part of process for us and we need to accept that and not feel like we've wasted a day of vacation if that's how it works out but understand that's just part of it and part of what makes vacation vacation it's an opportunity to to step away from work and reprioritize our lives and work on our relationships and so, of course, there's going to be conflict that we work through. But you can still anticipate it and be smart. Oh, oh we want a seven-day vacation, but we're going to fight that first day. Let's ask for eight days off from work. I mean, honestly, right. I think people can be smart about And me and my wife have, we, we oftentimes don't remember to do this, but we have had the literal conversation. What are we going to fight about on vacation? Let's fight about it right now. And it's, it's been really helpful. So, yeah, I strongly recommend that people get their house in order. Not just emotionally, or not just emo, not just make sure that your work is ahead and your house is clean, but get your emotional and spiritual house in order in preparation for vacation. Mm-hmm. Now, that's rule number one. Rule number two is set rules and set expectations. And communicate them. Yes. <laughs> so, 
Rule number two, come up with your own rules and expectations and let your spouse come up with her, his or her own rules and expectations. And do not talk about them until <laughs> the other person violates them. Yes. <laughs> and then make sure they know <laughs> they violated your private rule. <laughs> yeah. So obvious rule here is uh, a no work rule um, or just rules about work. What kind of work? can be done when, where, why, and how. And no, it's not practical for everybody to be 100% on vacation. But as much as it's possible to be 100% on vacation, whatever it is, you need to set the rules and the expectations so it's clear and everybody knows and is on the same page and understands, all right, dad is not working on this vacation, but there is a meeting that dad needs to be at on Monday. And... So during Monday, this is how we're handling it, whatever. Or in order for dad to feel like he can be as stress-free as possible day to day, dad needs to spend an hour every afternoon or every morning doing email and being sure he's caught up and no problems are getting past him and piling up that can't be solved. An hour a day doing email, not going to hurt or kill anybody, going to make dad feel that much better about enjoying the rest of the day. Whatever it is, whatever the rule is, set the rules, set the expectations, talk about them, communicate them, and be clear about them mm-hmm. so that you're not part, wasting part of your vacation dealing with phantom rules and, and upset expectations. Right. And just what are the things that make me happy on vacation? I, I have very vivid memories of my parents fighting about what luggage was appropriate I mean, if I described it, it would sound like some dumb 1980s comedy routine or something. I I can't believe you packed weights so that you could work out. You're not going to work on vacation. I remember these fights really clearly. And my dad would be shocked that my mom packed this or my mom would be shocked that my dad didn't want to bring this. It was just because they hadn't communicated and they hadn't set appropriate rules. These are the things that I need, and these are the things that will make me happy, and we can compromise over here. And there's so much work that that you can get done if you're just proactive about it, and you can avoid so many tense situations. Is that time for rule number three, guys? Sure. (laughs) All right, Ben. You probably want to do another rap song about rule number three. I probably do, Nathan. (laughs) But you know what? (laughs) It's not going to happen. You're going to restrain yourself? Well, for a little while. Okay. Understand the value of rest. Because it's it's the best. So there you go. (laughs) Rest is a valuable thing. You got to be, you you have to give yourself permission to rest. If you're going to go on vacation, you have to be like, God made us to rest. I'm not supposed to work all the time. I'm supposed to have time. Like, let my mind go away from work. And like Jake said already, reprioritize things. Get straight with God, reestablish some restful patterns of like, I read the scriptures today. I should do that more. Reestablish basic relationship patterns with your family or whatever. And do things that aren't normal work. Put your mind somewhere else. Rest is good for us. Which, by the way, is a component of work. If Bozo the Clown's listening and he's like, we were made to work. I know the creation mandate. <laughs> yeah. One of the ways that you accomplish that is by getting sleep so that your body recharges. Yep. Letting your brain do other things so that it recharges and then can do the work. Yep. It's been a hard lesson for me. 
I do creative work sometimes. I have to write things or think things. Jake has to do sermons. We all have things like that. And people will be like, why are you walking around outside when you could just be doing it? And like, that's uh, not how it works, Because you got to get your brain into the right gear. Yeah. And there's steps that you have to take, which means maybe the air conditioning has to be 70 degrees and the this and the this and the this. And that's, that's just part of the process. Yeah. Well, and there's different, I mean, some kinds of rest are work. Some kinds of work are restful. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like reading the Bible, praying, talking with your wife. Those mm-hmm. are all work, actually. Right. But they're restful. Right. They're restful work. Exercise. Right. Right. So, it's work that can be quite restful, relaxing, mm-hmm. de-stressing. I think that kind of brings us into yeah. our fourth point, actually, which is dissipation is not rest. <laughs> yeah, dissipation is not rest. And Easy it's the, to forget. That's the lie that you, I think, at least I am always tempted to believe. If I just day drink and lie on a hammock and ignore the kids and... And everything else, that'll be great. Play on my phone. So... so, so Self-indulgence is just going to be really great and really mm-hmm. restful. And that's what I'm giving myself an opportunity for. And it's not restful. And it's actually stressful. Mm-hmm. Catering to the flesh. And so if, if that's what you're looking for, uh, or if what you think you're, you're looking for, you need to remind yourself of the truth that that's actually not, it's not going to be restful. It's not going to recharge you. It's not going to be helpful to you or anybody else around you. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to honor God. So you have to plan and prepare and know yourself and know the kinds of things that actually are restful, the kinds of things that do recharge you. Which could vary from person to person. It can vary quite a bit from person to person. Some people... I'm going to go for a nine-hour hike. Right. And that's it, it, through nature. And that's going to be really refreshing. I'm going to be tired at the end of the day. I'm going to feel... But I'm going to feel alive. Mm-hmm. And other people are like, yeah, no, thanks. I'm going to sit. And I'm going to cover to cover this detective novel or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be really great because I'm just going to be, give myself permission to enjoy something that I love that I don't normally have time for. And that's what you're doing in both of those cases. Right. Right. Spending time in nature, vigorous exercise, spending time in a book, depending on the book, vigorous or not so vigorous mental exercise, but still a different mental exercise than you're you're used to i'm gonna read this book for i read all the time i read for work wouldn't it be great to read for pleasure i work with my hands all the time wouldn't it be great to just relax and read or or read read a read a book of ideas read some philosophy yeah read a theology but work hard with my mind wouldn't that be great to just I, I work hard with my body, with my job. Wouldn't it be great to work for fun and just play some some beach games and mm-hmm. stuff like that? Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of different things that people, that make people feel refreshed and reinvigorated. And so knowing yourself and planning for that sort of thing. That's another place where you have to actually communicate with your spouse. Because like if you're me, you know, my wife is like, 
Good news, honey. I, I planned a restful party with 45 people. <laughs> and I'm like, that sounds fun. It doesn't really sound like something that's going to make me feel very recharged at the end of it. In fact, it sounds like a vampiric depletion of all strength and <laughs> goodness. <laughs> so we actually have some conversations where we're like, I am not going to assume that the thing that makes me, that the nine hour hike that makes me feel relaxed is and rested is is the same as the book that makes you, you know, can we communicate and make sure that we have a little bit of <laughs> the different thing. flavors yeah. and all that? It can go a long way towards a happy marriage and a happy vacation. <sighs> all right. We can't put it off any longer. Number, f- the number five way to prepare for your vac- for vacation, whatever the name of this stupid listicle was. Bake in a recovery day yeah that's just some dopey practical practical stuff travel can be in taxing in and of itself and even if you've maximized the restfulness of your vacation it's nice to just be able to come back and be sure that you've got time to decompress and rest get that extra sleep if you had to drive through the night or something like that or whatever it is catch up on all those emails that you decided not to do. However, you need to use that time. You may not know until you're on the backside of it, but having space to do that and not just jump right back into into things is smart, practical. Yeah, which there again, and not everyone is going to have the luxury in their life to be able to do that. But that brings us back to point number one, which is you can still plan ahead. Maybe maybe dad needs to spend an hour doing emails every afternoon precisely because he's going to have to jump back in. Mm-hmm. It's not going to behoove him to put it all off for a week, even if he technically could. Well, and if you have a day driving back in the car, maybe you can use some of that time to get your mind back in what's coming tomorrow, what's going to hit you. Yeah. And you should. That's how I use time with Megan, driving back from something. We don't have kids at the moment, and so we have, we're pretty free to do that, but it, it's been a helpful thing. Well, that's it's. there's a good little lesson in there, maybe that's implicit, which is you should know your uh, cooking time. It's a good question to ask yourself. What is, what is my mental, the time that it takes for me to switch gears? It's a, it's a really useful thing to know about yourself. Does it take a long time? Do I need a day to switch gears? Am I, am I a woman who can do 4,000 things at once? Am I the most plodding, stereotypical man who's like, well, I'm getting this mental box down from the shelf and I'm going to open it up and then I'm going to look in it and then I'm going to be on that subject and you're not going to be able to make me talk about any. Everybody's different. Men and women are different. Hashtag 1980s comedy routine again. But it's good to know what your cooking time is and to bake it in one way or another to mix my cooking metaphors. All right, everyone is so excited to hear number, number six, six. <laughs> and I, I'll, I'll say it. Time off work is not a vacation from being a wife or a husband or a parent. Or a Christian, for that matter. Yeah, it's time, actually, to work on all of those things. It, it just goes hand-in-hand with dissipation is not rest, and it goes hand-in-hand with our next point, which I think we've said we have over and over again and maybe just need to delete because we've said it over and over no, again. No, we'll double down. It's, it's worth doubling iron. down. We'll sew it on with an iron thread. Well, you, 
it's not a time to indulge yourself and decide to let everything slide and uh, make everything all about you. It's time to reprioritize your life and work on, on first things, things that matter most. And a break from work gives you the opportunity to do that, to focus on your marriage, your wife, your husband, your kids, and get a chance to really see the discipline issues that if you're not home with them all the time, you don't get to see in the course of a day. And then you're able to be there. And you don't let things slide. You don't let the rules go away, right, for good behavior. It's actually a good time to double down on some of those rules and be sure that we've gotten things in order. Yeah, we're here to grow as a family, not to slide as a family, right? We're making memories. We're doing great things. We want to come away from this vacation uh, as a stronger family, not as a weaker one. Mm-hmm. And that that takes some in- intentionality going in and a commitment to not check out, but to realize this is your opportunity to fully check back in from ways that you have been checked out. And that leads into point number seven, which is to really reprioritize and focus on breaking bad habits and resetting good ones. And all we mean by that is just, hey, you're going to be on vacation with your family without anything else going on. You're still going to go to church. You're still, you you can actually have dinner every single night together as a family because nothing else is in the way of that if you want to. You can have family devotions every night of the week if you want to. Nothing's in the way of that. Except dissipation. It, except the temptation to just be dissipated, right? You've been out of habit, the habit of reading your Bible. Well, what's your excuse now? And I'm not trying to burden your conscience with all the spiritual things that you have to be doing over vacation. I'm just saying this is an opportunity to actually rest and to rest in the Lord, to grow and come back stronger as a person, as an individual and stronger as a family. And So that means it's an opportunity to work on first things so that when you come back from vacation, you feel like I'm rested, that was productive, and I feel strong and the family feels like it's in a strong place and we can re-enter life with more strength than we we left. And that's what rest does. Rest makes you stronger, puts you in a position to attack the next day. Your weekly Sabbath rest does that. It gives you the opportunity to, or should, give you the opportunity to stop. Remember, this is about Jesus, and I need to get my heart in order before the Lord, and I need to get my family in order, and that helps me reset and take on the next week of hard work. Yeah, I feel like you could boil all seven of these points down to intentionality. Mm -hmm. If you're actually thinking about, I want to glorify God and get good rest, and then doing some things to make that happen instead of just passively assuming if you set a vacation date and pick a place it'll magically happen it'll magically happen which is 100 percent what i do what i do 100 percent of the time is we have a date and i let amanda figure out all the planning and details and logistics and i work right up until the moment we've got to leave and then i figure it all out on the fly and i'm always caught on my heels and flat-footed well, luckily, it never causes any tension in your marriage, never or with your kids, nope. or or anything like that. None whatsoever. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> oh my goodness! I I will confess, I I am very bad in many of the same ways. 
I mean, for me, it's, yeah, we'll probably have fun if we just don't think about it and don't plan. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm a fun guy. <laughs> it's like, no. And we're fun people. Uh, yeah. And we like fun things. Yeah. <laughs> what could possibly oh, go yeah. wrong? <laughs> uh, and then you realize, oh, wait, I'm a cranky horrible person who's not fun <laughs> yeah. at all and who doesn't like fun <laughs> yeah, who hates yeah. having fun yeah i'd rather just be alone right <laughs> yeah doing nothing <laughs> yeah I, i'm like that but thankfully I, my wife doesn't hasn't figured it out yet so there's no tension between us yet okay good but i'm anticipating it maybe in the future there might be yeah just keep pulling that wool over her eyes ben yeah. oh oh boy yeah Yep, and I work right up until the moment, and I never bake in a recovery day, and yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're not trying to say that we do all these rules well. I mean, if anything... We're not presenting ourselves as the experts in this. (laughs) No, if anything, I'm the person who resents having to rest, who would rather be working, who wants to take those phone calls while I'm on vacations, just so I can have another little sip of workahol. So I have to really discipline myself to be kind and generous with my wife and to give her some rest because I just like work or something. I don't know. I'm just I'm just so diligent and wonderful. I think that's what I'm trying to say. My trick is to go on vacation and remain stressed out and worried the whole time. I think it's a pretty good trick because yeah. it has the appearance of righteousness or whatever. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're not just a jerk on his laptop like Nathan. No, I'm not. I'm not a jerk. You're like just thinking, if I guy. was on my laptop. <laughs> I'm just thinking, <laughs> what could go wrong? Yeah. Maybe it, I could subliminate it into just a mood of dread. <laughs> <laughs> it, well, my trick is even better because my trick is I know exactly one way to disengage my mind from all my work. Mm-hmm. And that is to go full on into dissipation. Yep. <laughs> Cut to Jake in a Hawaiian shirt with a pina colada. <laughs> and that's that's my one tactic typically for, for disengaging from from work. And yeah, it doesn't work. It's no, bad. No, it really doesn't. It really doesn't. It just compounds everything and makes everything worse. Yeah. And uh, alcohol is a depressant. It really, I mean, I'm all for the biblical godly use of alcohol whatever but somehow i always think it's going to be a a big upper (laughs) it it doesn't work that way caveat caveat nuance nuance alcohol is great hooray jesus turned water into water alcohol is not the only form of dissipation yes 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 i know of course not no no there's all kinds of cookies it's vacation (laughs) iphone no limit iphone 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 in a hammock is way more of the reality for me than Cookies? Cookies. Then cookies. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Just give me another shot of cookies. <laughs> well, I suppose we already basically said this, but it is worth saying because it is another thing that I struggle with. Not just dissipation in the sense of, yeah, I'm going to just allow myself to go to seed, but I'm going to actively pursue all of the gluttonous things that I'm usually sort of self-controlled about but i'm on vacation so i might as well eat until i'm sick i might as well drink until i'm sick i might as well just not be wise with any of the i might as well not exercise at all yeah i really use it as let me do all the things that make me feel terrible right in in every possible way yeah right physically spiritually right emotionally well, it's it's also a time when a lot of people are very tempted by pornography if they haven't planned ahead. Hmm. That's a good point. <laughs> yep. Well, and it's because you've said, 
I have restrained myself and I deserve. And once that mentality takes over, it takes over everywhere. Yeah, it doesn't just mean right? you're going to drink an extra Coke. Right. It means you're going to drink an extra Coke. You're going to eat an extra cookie. You're going to drink an extra beer. You're going to... Have that cigarette that you... You've not had for the last year or three years. Mm-hmm. Or you're going to... Yeah. I. Hey, this is what rest is, right? This is what vacation is, right? It's... It- it's a vacation from being a, a responsible Christian. A responsible Christian. Yeah. It, it turns out it takes a lot of work to enjoy good things. And if you want something special that you've been waiting for, and you're like, I can't wait to have that cig- cigar or whatever. You have to actually work to be able to enjoy it because dissipation is not enjoyment. Right. Right. And relaxation takes work. I mean, Christmas takes work. Vacation yeah. takes work. It's just like, that's the way the universe is built. And it's fine. It's good. But accepting that is hard because we want actions to not have consequences. We want to reap without sowing, right? Mm -hmm. And so, and we just have an an attitude of entitlement about us that God owes us, the world owes us, life owes us, my family owes me, everybody owes me. Now it's about me, me time. Those are lies and they're lies that are destructive and can ruin your life on a regular basis. Certainly ruin your vacation. And certainly ruin your vacation. But I think they're the kind of lies that Hmm. people who are very godly and self-controlled can tell themselves. I work so hard all the time. I don't just drink all the time. I don't just give myself to, I discipline my kids all the, we're on vacation now. This is supposed to be a vacation. Which means I can just indulge my flesh any which way I want. Well, yeah, and that's why, I mean, I don't know how true this is for other occupations, but I spend a lot of time talking to other pastors, and I know that one of the most dangerous times for our other pastors is Sunday night and Monday morning mm-hmm. for all kinds of sin. Mm-hmm. Because I got through the hard spiritual work, and I'm entitled to relax and indulge myself. And it's a wicked way of thinking, and it's lies that you believe. And you just need to know that that's the truth and have disciplines in place for yourself. Right. And sometimes God in his kindness gives those disciplines to you. Mm -hmm. And you can be thankful for that, but then also learn the lesson. Yeah. Too. Well, and I think to throw it into even sharper relief, what you are doing is you are demanding something from God when you do that. You You are basically saying, God, I did the job that you had for me, and obviously it's not just pastors that do do, do this, is everybody. I, I did the work. I was virtuous. And so you owe me a good evening with a movie that I like and some alcohol, whatever it is. Whatever it um, is. I mean, actually, we're so perverse. It's you owe me gratifying my flesh with pornography, yep. with whatever. With whatever. Because I was good. Where's my cookie? I was especially good. Right. I was especially good. I am, in fact, generally speaking, especially good. And this is cookie time. Yep. All right. Final thoughts, vacation, Ben? Uh, we said them. I don't know. We, we already work, had them. Work, work hard. Have a good vacation. Enjoy the good things that God gives you and enjoy them with a good conscience. Just have your heart set on having a good conscience about it. Don't be bound up about it, but just, just set the boundaries that you already, if you have any experience in godliness at all, you know the point at which you'll be miserable <laughs> right? because you took... You had another dessert or something like that. Right. Or you 
spend another 20 minutes on your iPhone or, so, or whatever it is. You already know that. So just remember that. Right. Well, and we don't have to litigate the fine points of this on this particular yeah. podcast. But you have a Sabbath day every week that you can be using to learn to be intentional hmm. about rest. And boy, I stink at that. Sabbath as vacation yeah. preparation. No, that's good. I stink at yeah. that too. Yeah, if you're... That's hard. I think probably your vacation preparation is revelatory of your Sabbath approach. It is for me. I mean, all the things yeah. that we described about vacation... I, Apply I, 100% to... Yeah. Yep. Yeah, same. Yeah. No, that's helpful. Yeah. Yeah, if you're worried about, I don't know what godly rest is, start by figuring out your Sabbath. Mm-hmm. And you God, can... God programmed it into the world for a reason. Mm. Okay. Jake, any more thoughts? Nope. Jake's brain just turned off. His heart isn't beating. It's very sad. I'm shut down. He's <laughs> shut down. He did a good job on the podcast. Nathan, it's it's cookie time. Yeah, it's cookie time. <laughs> All right, guys. So let's break out the cookies. Another successful day at Warlord Studios. <laughs> well, I don't know why REM is the is the, the go-to party music that you, you pull up. It's just, it's just it is for, in the place where you are. It is for us. Well, I hate that song. <laughs> and it, to me, it's just the standard. It's the end of a crummy 90s movie, and we've just defeated the the, our, the bad guy, and like, party! <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, whatever, I don't know, that or Hey Now You're an All-Star, or whatever. Smash Mouth. Yeah, Smash Mouth. Those are my sort of placeholders for the bad 90s credit sequence where everyone's dancing. I don't know. I couldn't even name a movie that uses REM, but it's, it's just what comes to mind for that kind of thing. So... Watch more bad 90s movies, folks. If you've learned nothing else from this podcast, go watch Adam Sandler movies. You'll learn a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Or not. uh, That was sarcasm. Okay, uh, goodbye. Go to patreon.com forward slash. I can't remember what it is. Sound of Sanity. (laughs) Sound of Sanity. It's been a long day, folks. It's been a long day. And it's not over yet, if you can believe that. So. Uh, go there, do that, give us money. You can rest easy knowing that your money is supporting a great, a great podcast. Wow. <laughs> yes, you can. And your dollars will rest safely in our hands. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Until next time. Stay sane. <laughs>